Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The fourth and final AFC West opponent preview is brought to you by MyBookie. Summer is finally here, guys. Whether you like MMA, MB, MLB, golf, or anything else, MyBookie is the place to bet. Their mobile site is so easy to use and allows you to make bets from anywhere. No hassle, no waiting line, no need to get off the couch. Now is the perfect time to replenish your bank account after that vacation and to make sure you've got plenty of bankroll come football season. MyBookie wants you to have as much fun as possible this summer, and what's more fun than winning money while watching sports? Just visit mybookie.ag today to get started and then try your luck at outsmarting the bookmakers. But wait, if you deposit your with promo code BEARS100, MyBookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code BEARS100. At MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Part four of the AFC West preview is also brought to you by SeatGeek. Let SeatGeek take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the dirty work for you. Their app scans the entire web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert, or show and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. Use promo code ACAA as an armchair All-Americans at checkout to receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers, four hot dogs, three Cracker Jacks or whatever they're going for these days. So what are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. My guest today is from Arrowhead Addict on fansided.com. Uh, his name is Greg Florkowski, and he's here to talk to us about the Kansas City Chiefs. So let's go ahead and get to it. Close the book on the AFC West opponent preview with the Kansas City Chiefs. Two down, two to go. And when I say two down, two to go, I'm talking about our, the various sections of our opponent previews. We're finished with the same place opponents. This one is our fourth and final AFC West preview. So that's two that we're done with on to the NFC East and the NFC North, which includes our beloved Chicago Bears. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for part four of our AFC West opponent preview. Greg Florkowski from Arrowhead Addict on Fansided.com will be joining us here in just a few moments. And uh, unlike our San Diego Charger guy, he is a fan of the Chiefs. So we'll have that uh, throwing back, thrown back into the mix uh, here. So uh, we'll talk to uh, Greg about the, the Chiefs and the season that they had uh, last year and Mahomes and, and the magic that he displayed and winning the MVP coming up just short in that AFC championship game against the Patriots and and what a tough loss that was to swallow for the for the season to end that way wasn't quite as painful as what we had to endure I would wager but uh, nonetheless being that close to going to the Super Bowl and falling just short has to really really suck so 
uh, you know, that's, uh, I don't know, maybe they got one over on us on that one. But, uh, you know, it, it was a good time talking to uh, to Greg. We covered a lot uh, talking about the Chiefs, and we'll get to him in just a few moments. Uh, but before we do that, got a few news and notes to cover with you guys. The Bears uh, closed up minicamp today. I'm recording this on Thursday night. For those of you who will be hearing this probably tomorrow uh, on Friday. Uh, and it turns out that uh, with after despite all the struggles uh, with the uh, kickers, uh, the Bears cut Chris Blewett, or Bluey, or however it's pronounced, cut him on Tuesday after the struggles that the kickers had on, or cut him on Wednesday after the struggles the kickers had on Tuesday, excuse me, and uh, replaced him with an uh, offensive tackle, I believe, Jordan McRae, I believe is his name. Uh, he was signed today to uh, round out the 90-man roster, and that is the current roster the Bears will be going to training camp with now that mandatory minicamp closed the door. However, it was the kickers that sent the team home on a positive note because Nagy put it on both the kickers that if they make a 40-yard field goal, that the Bears don't have to go through the conditioning test that was set to close out today's practice. And lo and behold, both guys nailed their kicks. No condition test. Enjoy your summer. We'll see you in six weeks. Get ready to kick some ass and win a Super Bowl is how uh, Matt Nagy pretty much put it uh, to the players. So the, the kickers go to go into the, the summer break on a positive note. The team uh, has a little bit more faith in the kickers than, I, than maybe they did uh, before this whole mess got started. And, uh, you know, who knows? We, 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 anything could happen between now and the end of July as far as the kicking situation is concerned. I would not put it past Ryan Pace and company to – hold a few tryouts here and there with various kickers, maybe even kick the tires on a Matt Bryan. I know we talked about him on the last episode as far as maybe bringing in an old, a wily veteran uh, like him and, and everything uh, else. So uh, we'll see what happens. And right now it's Eddie Pinheiro and um, Elliot Fry as the two kickers on the roster at the moment. Will they be the only two on the roster when the Bears get to uh, Bourbonnais in six weeks? We will have to wait and see. So uh, speaking of uh, waiting and see, uh, the Carson Wentz uh, contract extension, of course, brought some attention to our beloved quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, who was asked by the press about the contract and uh, how he sees the whole thing working out with him and, and, and everything. And basically his answer was, uh, was very diplomatic and basically Mitch just uh, confessing to the press corps that he wants to play all of his football in a Chicago bear uniform. He hopes that whatever contract he signs is the one that will keep him in Chicago and uh, you know, for the foreseeable future and his entire NFL uh, future. So always nice to hear something like that uh, from your quarterback and uh, you know, just something about this kid. I've, I've kind of had a feeling about him uh, since I got over myself and not wanting to draft him. Uh, that just something about Trubisky. I've said it since we got him. That um, there's just something about the kid. I don't know what it is. I just got a gut feeling. Things are going to work out uh, with him uh, at the helm. He's going to be around for a while. He absolutely is. They're going to be kids that grow up with Trubisky as their quarterback. So uh, we'll look forward to that. Speaking of contracts, uh, Bears signed David Montgomery, who was our highest drafted. Uh, draft choice this year in the third round at number 73 uh, signed him to his rookie deal third rounders generally four-year contracts so that's a 
That's a done deal. Only our six-round pick, Duke Shelley, is the only unsigned pick that we have, and we've got six weeks between now and the start of training camp, so it looks like, unlike last year, when we were minus Roquan Smith, the Bears will have their entire rookie class signed and on, you know, signed, sealed, signed, sealed, and delivered when it comes time to go to Bourbonnais. And that is pretty much all I have. I just, uh, I'm recording this a little bit late on Thursday night because even though I'm not the world's biggest basketball fan, I was going to see if the Raptors could hold off and, uh, and beat the, uh, the Warriors for the NBA title. And lo and behold, uh, they did it. They did it in, uh, in the Bay. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. area, too. They beat uh, the Warriors at home to win the Series 4-2 to and claim their first NBA championship. So no more, uh, no more NHL. Uh, the St. Louis Blues won the other night against the Bruins to win that one in seven games. And... Both teams won on the road, too. St. Louis won in Boston, and uh, Toronto won in, uh, in California. So uh, it's the Road Warriors that, uh, that took it this, uh, this year. So, so no more but bets on the NBA or NHL unless you're making future bets about champions and MVPs and things like that on uh, my booking. So what do you say we just go ahead and get to our interview? Greg was, uh, was a lot of fun, a very passionate uh, Kansas City Chiefs fan, been a fan of his whole life. And um, he's from Arrowhead Addict on fansided.com, uh, and he's going to help us preview the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs. And we have reached the final chapter of our journey through the AFC West, and of course, we travel from worst to first, so we've done Oakland, Denver, uh, I was going to say San Diego, Los Angeles, and now that we go to the reigning champion, Kansas City Chiefs, and here to help us talk about the Chiefs and their special 2018 and what they're hoping will be an even more special 2019 from Arrowhead Addict on uh, fansided.com, Greg Flokowski. Greg, how are we doing, man? Good, man. How are you? It's, been, it's a pleasure to be on tonight. Well, I appreciate you uh, uh, joining us, and uh, you know this is one of the shows I've been looking forward to most, uh, quite frankly, just because the Chiefs were such a breath of fresh air last year, of course, until we reached the playoffs where we just went back to the old guard in the AFC. But before we dig into that wound, let's just talk about 2018 uh, in general. You know, There was a lot of what if or maybe or anything like that about Patrick Mahomes taking over the reins as quarterback, mm-hmm. traded away Alex Smith, so the safety net was gone. We're flying without a net here. Yeah. It's, it's Patrick Mahomes' job. 
will they or won't they succeed and six touchdowns in the first game, seven more in the second, and, uh, you know, running into 50 for the year. I mean, did I mean, I know that the answer is probably no, but did you see anything like this coming with Mahomes taking over the offense in year number two? No, no, man. So, I mean, I was a huge Alex Smith fan. I loved Alex Smith. Uh, I mean, he wasn't always our, our best guy, but playoffs – three out of the four years that he was there and he was always consistent but never took us to the next level but uh to be honest uh when i was in the preseason watching patrick mahomes i was i was a little nervous because honestly our offense wasn't clicking we didn't look that good um until it was a it was i think it was our third our third or fourth game was against atlanta and it was on the highlight reel for probably two weeks after that he just threw a a 70 yard bomb just out of nowhere yeah um and and from that point i was kind of like all right well, we got something but then whenever week one turned around and we had we had the the huge beat down in in uh, los angeles and then the big one for me <clears throat> was week two against uh the steelers, the steelers man yeah. with the six touchdowns against the steelers who for some reason always have the chiefs number i don't know what's going on it must be in the freaking water or something <laughs> but uh the last time we beat the Steelers, uh, Big Ben wasn't even the quarterback. So, I mean, wow. Uh, uh, so, I mean, I think we beat him like two seasons ago, but he, Big Ben was out. So, it's been a long time since we beat the Steelers, and for good reasons. They're a really great team. But, yeah, I didn't see anything like this coming. In. But once it happened, I was I was on the Mahomes train. That jersey went, the Smith jersey went in the closet, and the Mahomes one, it came out. I bet. I bet. See, I mean, and like I said, breath of fresh air. It looked like there was a new lead horse. Uh, in the AFC, um, but before we get to that, um, kind of skipped over a question. Um, you're new to the show, new to the Bears Talk Underground uh, guest community, and one thing that we like to ask all of our new friends is: A, where are you from? B, where are you now? Because that never seems to be the same place. And three, do you have a favorite moment as a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, um, so I'm actually um, in the Air Force. Um, I'm oh, from okay. uh, a small town in uh, Missouri called Smithville, Missouri. Um, it's near Kansas City. It's very close. But in, right now I'm actually in um, Augusta, Georgia. So I'm and right down here in NFC country, and uh-huh. it's, it's kind of where I'm at. Um, to be honest, being in the military, you kind of you don't get to watch all the games. It's always hard to you got to get Sunday ticket and all these different things just to watch a game. Sure. Um, one of my favorite moments was actually last, um, the, not last year, the year before the first, the opening, the opening week against New England. Uh, sure. when, um, we went into Foxborough, which everyone knows is a very horrible, impossible place to win. I feel like, and we just hung 42 on them. Just, just I, like, it was nothing like Alex Smith went in there and was just throwing bombs and, uh, Kareem hunt. It was kind of his coming out party and, it was just, it was a big day for big deep day for Chiefs fans and the whole the whole nation kind of saw it but and that was that was one of my more 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 memorable moments as of late of being a Chiefs fan it was a a huge one um, I was actually in Afghanistan when it happened it was awesome um, so that was that was one of my favorite moments because everyone's kind of doubting us I mean they they were they're hanging the banners you know Tom Brady um, well they were coming in and Tom Brady was Tom Brady so everyone expected a great game out of him. And uh, the Chiefs just came and rained on that party, and it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed that evening myself um, <laughs> just because – I'll admit, I hate the Patriots. I really do. I'm so sick of them winning. It's time for someone else to come along. So, um, 
one of the big games on the schedule for the Chiefs was that big showdown um, right towards a little past midseason with the Rams on Monday Night Football, a game that was supposed to take place in uh, Mexico City, but thanks to Shakira and her fans, they destroyed the field. (laughs) They weren't able to recover, and instead the game had to be played uh, in uh, Los Angeles in the Coliseum. And talk. I mean, it was like watching the game of Madden. Whoever had the ball last was going to end up winning – the game, and that's essentially what happened, and and what was almost a Super Bowl preview. Oh yeah, um, you know, I mean, that was the game. I think all of us were clamoring for, especially after the game we saw oh, on, yeah. on Monday night. But uh, you know, talk a bit about that game, and even though you ended up losing, did was there any kind of doom and gloom with it, or you know, how was the feeling after that game? Oh, oh my gosh! I, I mean, that game was it was built up for. I mean, Monday night football. I mean, you can't just get much bigger than that. I mean. And then it was after the, uh, the the big fire in California, so uh, it was almost like it was it was made to be, man. It was like it, it'll be a, it'll be a movie soon. Mark Wahlberg will play Patrick Mahomes or something. I don't know how it's going to happen, <laughs> but it was just like out of a movie, you know. The LAPD was there and everybody was there. The Coliseum was full for the first time, and I think they said forever, like in full capacity. I mean, the atmosphere was perfect. I mean, the night was beautiful, and then the game that was put on was just. It was crazy. I mean, you can't you can't pay for anything better than that. Like that was some of the best football I've ever seen. Obviously, defense was. I wouldn't even say defense. There was not a lot of defense, but no. the defense they showed up at, at certain points. I think there's a couple strip sacks on both sides. Aaron Donald did his thing. Uh, Chris Jones did his thing. Justin Houston was uh, effective. So I mean, it was it was a game to watch, and it was a game that you you didn't know who was going to win. And like you said, man, yeah. whoever the whoever the ball. Uh, last was going to win that game. Unfortunately, I mean, Patrick Mahomes had the ball, and and everyone always, uh, Marcus Peters was joking uh, the weeks going up, like, oh yeah, man, I picked him off in camp, blah blah blah. Like, Patrick Mahomes is a slump, and yeah, and in the end, Marcus Peters is the one who gets the final interception. You're just like, man, like that's not how I wanted to lose this game. But I mean, after that game, I mean, I think I texted all my buddies. I was like, Super Bowl, like. <laughs> I you, I mean like who's going to beat us? You put up 50, 50 points like I mean obviously your defense gave up 55 but I mean like if you can put up that many points against a defense that everyone thought was pretty stout. I mean Aaron Donald was the MVP conversation almost the whole year because of how disruptive he was. Yeah. Um, I mean their and their secondary is no slump either. I mean Marcus Peters he's he's all right and um so i mean and they're just getting better so i mean yeah i mean i i thought super bowl from from that game on and i mean i was yeah i was sad obviously because i stayed up till midnight um Uh to watch that game but i mean i couldn't sleep after that game i don't think anybody could that game was people who weren't even chiefs or rams fans were up watching that game so yeah there was no doom and gloom and we lost but the the ceiling was we were there, there was no ceiling for the chiefs after that game yeah, I mean it was it was an impressive showing on on both sides, and and like you said, it was it was more so that the offense were just willing their ways in, willing their way into the end zone as opposed to the defense being, you know, ineffective because defense, like you said, the defense made plays. There were some strip sacks. I think there was a pick six in there somewhere, and then you know, like a fumble recovery for a touchdown mm-hmm. kind of thing. So the defense contributed to the score. It wasn't just the offense, you know, lighting up the scoreboard one. Uh, possession after another but you know I mean it, it really was uh, an amazing football game the only thing that I didn't enjoy uh, as a self-professed uniform snob was the fact that this outstanding football game was marred by the yellow uniforms that the Rams wore in that football game those things are horrendously bad 
And that is the thing that has kind of made that game unrewatchable for me. I, I can't watch it again. I watched it once. I witnessed the history and the, the, the glitz and the glamour of that amazing contest. I'll never watch it again because I wouldn't be able to sit through 60 minutes of those yellow uniforms again. Oh, man. I don't know. I think the uniforms are all right. I mean, I mean, it's, it's different. I mean, because you got all these neutral colors nowadays. I mean, I mean, the Chiefs are one of the most basic teams out there as far as uniforms. They got the red and the white. I mean, don't get me wrong, that red on red and that white on white look real classy. But, I mean, I like to change it up a little bit. I mean, the yellow, for me, I don't, I don't really mind the yellow. I mean, it, it was like pretty, a bunch of yeah. big birds were on the field <laughs> playing against the Chiefs, man. I can't do it. I, I can't I, do I, it. I know. So, I mean, it's it's kind of like it's not as bad as a couple of years ago when they did the color rush against the Buccaneers. And it was dubbed the ketchup and mustard bowl because you had mustard yellow on one side and all red uh, on the other. I mean, that was offensive is what that was. But but anyway, so we go to the postseason. Um, you you battle your way through the season uh, with the the Chargers who are nipping at your heels all season long even and 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 thought maybe you guys were in trouble after mm-hmm. that late season loss on Thursday night yeah. in Arrowhead. Yeah, that was a, that uh, but, was a one. but fate smiled upon you guys. You even though you finished with identical 12 and 4 records, you had the better division records therefore you are the champs. You get the bye, you got home field advantage throughout the playoffs. You extinguish the fire that was the Indianapolis Colts in the division <laughs> round to welcome the New England Patriots in the AFC Championship game, and I was hoping that that the, the good luck for the Patriots had run out because this game wasn't being played in Gillette Stadium. This is a team that was undefeated at home. We're taking them away from home, where they were what four and three and five or something like that mm-hmm. yeah. uh, on the road, and they end up winning that game. Um, in I mean, what it also another amazing football game back and forth. That neither team giving up but I, I gotta tell you man when Brady got the ball first and you had to put your defense out there again I threw my hands up I was like I they're not gonna be able to stop I was like this game is is over it's like if Mahomes wins the toss Kansas City's gonna win this game but if we give the ball to Brady or if uh, not if we give it to him if they get the ball that's it I think it's I don't think the defense has anything left did you have any eerie feeling about it when the Patriots ended up getting the ball first. Oh, I I was uh, yeah no I had a horrible feeling. I was like I mean so yeah as much as you hate Tom Brady I'm a huge advocate for I mean he's he's the goat man like yeah you can hate him all you want but he's he does crazy things when when the game's on the line I was like there's few people I'd rather have behind center than Tom Brady man I mean he's 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 clutch he'll get the ball where he needs to be so I mean yeah I was like well we're done. That's it. Pack it up, boys. Like, yeah, it was a good game. D Ford, if you're on sides, we have we win. You know, a few things oh. happen, we win. But you know, I, yeah, I was nervous. And then just oh, that that uh that whole overtime, I was just sitting there. I was, I was, I was uh, I was me and my my fiance and and a couple Patriots fans were at the bar we were at, and and I was and it was every third down, it was third and ten, third and fifteen, third and twelve. And every single time we get we get two good stops, like, all right, this is it. We're gonna get the ball back. Pat Mahomes gonna do his thing and throw his bombs. And then no, there's Julian Edelman or every single freaking time for some reason, like he's open, and then there's Gronk. And yeah. then like where's Eric Berry? Oh, Eric Berry hurts leg again? Well, all right, well, we're screwed again. <laughs> yeah, dude, I I don't know. It, I, oh, it just makes me angry just even thinking about it because that that overtime was oh, that was rough. 
And and then yeah, I was like, are we gonna stop him on the one yard line? Are you freaking serious? We're gonna stop him on the one yard line? We can't even stop him like from the fifty. I was like, yeah, good luck. I was like, I was like, we can leave now. <laughs> yeah, it was it was bad. There was no yeah. good feelings. Like we can leave. I don't want to see how this ends. I know how it's gonna end. I don't want to yeah, see it yeah, though. Yeah. Let's let's get the hell out of here. So so the season comes to an abrupt end. Um, yeah. Nobody's happy with how it went down. Everyone kind of has that that sour taste in their mouth, knowing that they should have gone farther. And mm-hmm. so we we approach the off season, literally the day after the AFC Championship game. Your defensive coordinator is sent packing. So yeah. who did they bring in to replace him? Uh, we got uh, oh my gosh, what's his name? Sp- Spagnolo. Spagnolo. Okay. Yeah, Spags from the. Yeah, so he's he. They brought him in. Um, I'm looking forward to what he's got. Um, I mean, the only thing I really, the big thing I know about him is he was the the Giants' defensive coordinator whenever they beat the Patriots twice. So right. I mean, like he might be the Patriots' kryptonite. I mean, the, those Giants teams were pretty prolific. But um, I, I I think he's got the tools coming forward. I, I've always said we have the talent. Um, our secondary is questionable. Uh, especially, as, but I, I even feel like some of the um, off. We'll get to that probably in a little bit. The offseason additions we have, um, but then I mean, I was a huge advocate for Eric Berry. I love the dude. Uh, even when he was crying because his leg hurt all the time, I was like, man, keep him. He's Eric freaking Berry. He beat cancer. He can beat the Patriots. I was wrong apparently. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I'm looking forward to the defense. I mean, and as long as what everyone keeps saying is like we were we were the the 31st defense last year. If you just give us like I'm not even asking for a top five man, I'm asking for a top 15. Sure. Give me a top 15 defense and that number one, number two if we're on a, on a bad day to offense. Like I think we'll be we'll be good. Yeah, it very much reminded me. I mean, you guys were a lot more prolific on offense than than the Bears were that year, but in 2013. The Bears had the, the the second best scoring offense in football. It was Mark Tressman's first year as head coach. The only offense that was better than us that year was the one where Peyton Manning threw for six hundred <laughs> touchdown passes and they scored like eighty points a game. Oh, God. The, the, like the best offense of all time statistically was mm-hmm. the only offense better than the Bears that year, and right. it was the first year without Lovey Smith, without um, um. Oh Christ! I can see his face uh, from the, our defensive coordinator from 2012. He's the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys right now. His name is escaping oh. me right at the moment. Yeah, no, yeah, um, lost man. Yeah, but anyway, it was our first year without him. Our defense got old and it got bad overnight. We had yeah. the worst defense in football uh, that year. We were a swinging gate on the ground. I mean, people could just run for <laughs> 350 a game on the Bears, eight yards a carry. It was embarrassing. To watch, and if we had the fifteenth ranked defense, like you said, if we had middle of the range defense, we go undefeated that year because mm-hmm. we literally. And I know the objective of the game is to outscore your opponents. We literally had to outscore our opponents to win the game. We had right. to put up thirty points. We had to put up forty points in order to win the game because our defense was going to give up almost as many as we scored week in and week out. So, I mean, that was the thing that was so nerve-wracking. We ended up being a 500 team that did not make the uh, playoffs, and it was our last real shot at the playoffs until last year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I know, what you're, know where you're coming from when you say, you know, just give me a middle-of-the-road defense to go with this offense, and we're golden. I mean, you went 12-4 and four with a terrible defense last yeah. year. Imagine what you could do if you had a top-15 defense. Yeah. 
uh, on the other side. But speaking of the defense, you added a lot of new pieces to it. Uh, Eric yeah. Berry uh, was let go. Um, bring in Tyron Matthew, the, the honey badger. Yep. Uh, Alex Okafor signed in from the Saints. Uh, yeah. You made that big trade for Flank, uh, Frank Clark from the, uh, from the Seahawks. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you've added some piece. Are you guys switching from 3-4 to 4-3? Is that happening yep. too? Okay, yeah, so we that's are. what I thought. So I was because I was wondering why you guys let go of D Ford and then go for Frank Frank Clark, but that's more for going getting rid of a three four pass rusher and trading for a four three, correct? Yeah, that's that's kind of what we're going for. Yeah. So I mean, talk about those those guys uh, joining the team and and uh, you know they're they're coming in to uh, to kind of fit this new system that Spagnolo's uh, bringing with him, and it's kind of out with the old Justin Houston and. Uh, and, and D Ford and in with the new Frank Clark and Alex Okafor. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, our our front our front seven is, I mean, as far as pressure goes, I mean, I think the the Chiefs were up there in the top five in sacks last year. If, if I'm not mistaken, I think they led the league in in sacks uh, as far as overall defense. So I mean, as far as pressure goes, it's, our team has always been has been pretty good, especially the last couple of years. We've been very lucky. I mean, Justin Houston, as you know, is is a freaking monster. Yeah. Um, D Ford, I mean, he's he's all right i mean uh, this last this last year was very good and the year before was good but, but before that he was very injury prone um i think like two to four or five sacks was kind of what we were getting out of him so i mean i wasn't as sad to see him go um obviously the, how he's been producing lately as of late has been it was a reason i wanted to keep him but i mean frank clark i mean you can't say enough about that guy he's in double digit sacks he's He's very versatile. He's got a lot more moves. Uh, I think I feel like D Ford is pretty vanilla as far as his his pass rushing pass rushing uh, repertoire was concerned. Um, but then Okafor coming in too. I mean, he's going to be in, he's going with Chris Jones, Okafor, Florian Clark. I mean, that's going to be a pretty strong like um, pass rushing group. Um, and I think it's also going to help with uh, help with our uh, rush defense because we were we were god awful. If you you could put anyone back there, Jamal Charles could go play for for anybody right now and just go run all over us. I mean, he's, so, I mean, I think that will be a, a point of contention too. Um, so as bringing those, those guys in, I think it's going to help a lot. I think me personally, I'm really, I'm looking forward to see if, if losing Justin Houston is going to be, if we're going to be better, but I have a, a weird feeling that Justin Houston, he may not have had as many sacks as we would want. Not like the 20 plus sack season he had a couple of years ago where I don't think we're ever going to get anything like that ever again. But, um, I, I think it was in, in the details with him is where, what we're losing. So we'll, we'll see, I guess, I guess we'll see. I can't say for right now, but I think we're in a good place with who we got, but it's to see if, uh, Justin Houston's going to be as missed as much as I think he'll be. So how about the secondary? Because you, you drafted a player, uh, in the sixth round, you did, but you know, didn't go for anybody before that. And you signed Bashad Breland away from the, Green Bay Packers other than that no additions to the secondary aside from Tyron Matthew mm-hmm. yeah so I, I mean I, I don't know I was looking for more I thought I was looking for more people in the draft honestly to get uh, drafted for the corners I thought that was a point that or that was a position that needed to be looked at a little more heavily um, especially like for a first round pick getting me Cole Hardman um, I mean He's, he, I guarantee he's gonna be a, a decent player for us, especially. But the wide receiver position right now, we have we have a lot of them, so I don't think it's gonna be necessary. Um, but then we got Juan or Juan Thornhill. Um, I'm hearing oh, a lot right. of good, yeah, okay. yeah. The safety out of Virginia. I'm hearing a lot of good things out of camp about him. So I think he's gonna uh, he's gonna get some practice or some playing time. I mean, we still got Daniel Sorensen back there, which 
Dirty Dan, man, he he's he doesn't talk about it a lot, but he's one of those guys who he's not the best safety in the world, obviously, but he's he's definitely consistent enough where I feel safe having Dan Sorensen back there. Um, but yeah, like you said, um, we got um, Breland back there, which I, to be honest, I, we let. Uh, oh my gosh, who did we like? Uh, Steve Nelson. We let Steve yeah. Nelson go to the, to the uh, Steelers. Steelers, which yeah. which if you're asking me, I mean, I I I think the Steelers screwed themselves. I they, the player they got wasn't. I don't. He wasn't worth that. I thought. I honestly thought we were just going to keep him and maybe cut him or something. But we'll see. We'll see if uh, Breland's a step up from him. Um, but we got Kendall Fuller still. He's 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 pretty good. He's decent enough that I I feel safe having him there. Um, so as far as our secondary is concerned, I I still think that it's going to be the the weakness of our defense because I do know that we don't have a lot of depth behind them. Okay. Uh, so if anything happens to the, the starters, um, the depth behind them is going to, is going to suffer. And it's going to show pretty fast. I think just wear and tear of a, of a, of, of, as the season goes on, your starters won't be able to play the whole game. So we'll see. Right. So we, we look at some of the other, uh, the one other addition uh, and it's kind of, you lost two and gained one, but uh, you, you know, Kareem Hunt obviously had his situation uh, yeah. last year, practically midseason. Uh, he was let go because of the the incident, and not so much because of the incident, but because he lied to the team about what actually yeah. happened. And then he got busted and busted. Yeah, and then what happened happened, and now he's with the Browns and still waiting to find out how much he's going to get suspended if that hasn't been announced yet already. I don't think. Yeah, I think it's uh, eight games. Eight is games it, we got suspended think, for. Is it official though? I mean, because I know that's the rumor, but was it? Has it officially been announced? Eight games? Yeah, I think or maybe it, it happened such a while ago. I don't remember. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I think it was. But I'll look real fast for you here. It's yeah. easy to pull it up. But also, Spencer Ware uh, left as well to go to the Colts, and you pick up Carlos Hyde uh, from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who else besides Hyde do you have running the football right now? Uh, yeah, eight games. Eight games. Um, okay. Yeah, so I mean, we got Damian Williams. Um, he's our he's our. They came out in camp and said he's our he's our starter. Um, okay. So we got Carlos Hyde. Um, so I mean, I, I feel pretty good. I mean, yeah, when Cream Hunt went down, I mean, I personally was that was uh, not good. If I'm going to be <laughs> honest, I was a huge Cream Hunt fan. I mean, for sure. obvious reasons, man, he's awesome. Yeah. Um, but then we got. Uh, so we got Darwin Thompson. He's the, the Utah State running back we just uh, drafted this year. Um, we got Damian Williams, our starter. We got Daryl Williams still, and then we got um, Anthony Sherman as our our fullback, who's who got a little more time last year. Um, so I mean, I don't know if I'd say there's it's a uh, if there's a clear Damian Williams. Clearly, was he was pretty good last year for us uh, for the final stretch of the season. Um, we gave him an extension at the end of the year, um, so we'll see. But it's going to be a running back by by committee, but um, I'm reading things from uh, camp. It sounds like Carlos Hyde is he's he's fighting for a position. Um, he's but he's one of those he's one of those running backs that can do it all. He can run um, from his time from San Francisco. He was he was pretty good. He could catch out of the backfield, and he's getting really excited for the opportunity to play in a high profile pa- uh, passing offense with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So, if I had my guess, I'd say Damian Williams is going to be the the bell cow for a while, and then I wouldn't be surprised to see him and Carlos Hyde splitting those reps, and then. Uh, then our boy uh, Darwin Thompson coming in and getting some more time, but the other Williams guys, I don't know what's going to happen with them. They might go to the practice squad or something else. Sure. Um, and and the last part that I want to talk about for free agency was was Mitch Morse, the the center mm-hmm. uh, signed with the Buffalo Bills. Is that a big loss for you guys? And who do you have taking his place? 
Uh, so I mean, personally, yeah, I think it's a, it's a pretty big loss. I mean, Mitch Morse's he he had he had a couple. Um, he had some big in, some injuries that kept him out, but when he was in, he's he's one of the top centers in the league. And and being from Missouri, he was a uh, he was a Missouri guy, so I was a huge uh, I was a huge Mitch Morse fan. Um, and uh, so I mean, for me personally, yeah, it's a it's a huge one. Uh, we got last year when he was hurt, um, we got Austin Reeder who came in for him, and he played really well. Uh, he played really well for us, and then um, we also had a couple other linemen that can step into that role as well. But I think that Reader is going to be our our center of the, going forward, um, and he played very well in the absence of Mitch Morse last year. But uh, Mitch Morse was he was one of those players that that was he was very good at that center position, and he got paid for it up there in Buffalo. So it's sad to see him go. Um, I, th- I think it's one of those free agency that is it'll be more of a impact than we than we than we think it is, just because. The center position isn't always thought of as a very sexy position, right? So, who's going to replace him? His name is Austin Reader. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Okay, all right. And so we we move on to the to the draft, and yeah. I believe a first round pick was part of that Frank Clark trade. So no yep. first rounder for the for the Chiefs. The first pick we already talked about, Miko Hardman, wide receiver out of Georgia. We got his other uh, receiver mate, uh, Riley Ridley, uh, nice. in the fourth round. We got him. Uh, we talked about one Thornhill a bit, the safety from Virginia in the second round. The guy I want to talk about is your third round pick because he is from my alma mater, Western <laughs> West Illinois. Illinois. All right, uh, Colin Saunders, uh, defensive tackle. Um, what are the odds that my boy here is going to crack the lineup in uh, 2019? Yeah, man. I mean, everything I hear is, I mean, the sky's the limit with uh, with Saunders, man. Uh, I don't. I mean, to be honest, with, with I mean, we've already talked about the lineup. We already got Chris Jones and and Okafor and all those kind and those guys. It's gonna be hard for him to and Derek Naughty, of course. There's a couple of guys that we already have in there, so I, I think he'll definitely, I think he'll be out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't think he'll be a starter. Um, but I definitely think he'll be in that rotation, which and so he'll get plenty of playing time. Sure. Um, so I'm really excited to see him, and a lot of people are excited about him. Um, I don't know how I didn't really feel. I I was not a huge fan of the pick, um, but I'm looking forward to see what he can do on the field for us, especially in that rotation with that defensive line. He's a stud, man. He's yeah, a stud. Yeah, yeah. You know, not every 320 pounder can do backflips and <laughs> dunk know. a basketball flat footed and things like that. So I know that doesn't translate to the football field, but it shows that uh, the guy's got some moves. So we'll see how yeah. it all uh, works out for him. Uh, we took yeah. Rashad Fenton in the sixth round. And then we we talked a bit about Darwin Thompson, and and yeah, he's only a sixth round pick. But Spencer Ware was a day two pick. Kareem Hunt yep. was a day two pick. So yep. if you're a running back and you and you and you play for Andy Reid, chances are you're going to rush for a thousand yards and light up the <laughs> NFL. So I don't think it yep. matters that you waited until the sixth round to draft a running back, Darwin Thompson. His name will be on the tongue of every NFL fan by the end yeah. of September if, if the pattern holds. So I agree. And then you finally round out the draft in the seventh round, uh, Nick Allegretti from uh, Illinois, oh, an interior yeah. lineman. Um, the odds of him making the team, will he be a depth guy, maybe a practice squad, or <laughs> can he make the team? Yeah, I'm guessing if he if he does make a team, it's going to be the practice squad. Um, okay. we got, but, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I, I, my, uh, I would, if I was a guessing man, I would say he was he's if he does make the team it's gonna be in a practice squad capacity. Right. So as we look ahead to to twenty nineteen, let's reflect back again on twenty eighteen and just the year that was. I mean, an amazing season uh for the Chiefs and, and Mahome, 
you know, stealing the national spotlight, basically, with the, the way that he played that no-look pass against the, the Ravens, which was just sick, and, yeah. and, and everything that he and the Chiefs were doing uh, offensively, it just basically seemed like they could do uh, uh, no wrong. Or if they lost the game, it certainly wasn't Patrick Mahomes' fault or the offense's fault not doing their, uh, you know, due diligence to make, the, to make a victory. But, uh, you know, it, it was an amazing year. Uh, to watch and ended up winning the MVP. Oh yeah. So, um, are you a superstitious guy? Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, there's some superstition like uh, the fact that he's on the cover of Madden. Yes, exactly. Where, he's uh, on the cover of Madden. <laughs> that has not been traditionally a good thing for almost no, every no, no, Madden no, no. cover boy. No. So I was wondering if there's any worries about that actually being a thing uh, i know that you, also that you're in the military so there's always some superstition with military guys uh as well you know how much are you buying into the you know the curse are you are you praying against it kind of thing what do, what are you thinking going into 2019 oh. were you happy that he was the cover boy or were you like oh no not my guy please not my guy <laughs> no so i mean i mean as a chiefs fan i i mean there's I, I can't. I don't even know if there's ever been a chief on the front of Madden. I, it, yeah, no, I can't even think of one. Um, so I mean, I I, I love Madden. Uh, this is gonna be the first physical copy of Madden I've probably bought in <laughs> at least five years. You know, I'll have it and I'll cherish it because I mean, I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes, man. He's, I mean, he's more like he's he's awesome, dude. I mean, I I know I'm a homer and I love the city and I love the Chiefs and that's why he's he's my quarterback, but. He's just he's just a cool dude. I don't know if you if you see him on social media or follow him or anything, but he's out in the city. You know, he's out hanging out with everybody. He's at the all the sporting events. He's at the Royals games. He's at the he's at the Blues games. Yeah, like, I saw that when the whole chugging thing was going on. <laughs> yeah, he was one. Just, he was one of the chuggers that outdid Aaron Rodgers. So, <laughs> oh man, poor Aaron Rodgers. Man, yeah, guy. Yeah, but he's got he, it rough. Thirty million a year dating, uh, uh, you Danica know, Patrick. Danica yeah, Patrick. Yeah, yeah life life sucks for Aaron Rodgers. It's it's yeah. really bad. Being the yeah. the face of a city of twelve, I I feel bad yeah, for you. Yeah, <laughs> you know. yeah, no. So I mean, uh, it, it's it's hard because everyone always talks about Patrick Mahomes. Like, oh my God, he's going to regress. And you're right. He, he, if he throws fifty touchdowns and five thousand yards, like something's wrong. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, his his. I'm expecting the regression. Uh, you know, the big thing with the, the Madden cover is not always the regression. It's always the the injuries. Like right. I think after the Odell. Right. He uh he 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 got thirteen hundred yards receiving, but the next year he he tore his ACL is out for the season. You know Gronk is Gronk's Gronk. He he walks and he hurts his legs and back. So sure. So I mean so I mean as long as he doesn't get injured, I really don't care. Um, but I and that's what that's the biggest worry for me is just imagine a, a Chiefs without Patrick Mahomes. We were actually just joking about it, uh, yesterday in the Arrowhead Addict about how what's going to happen if Patrick Mahomes goes down, and it was jokes about like. Uh, you know, Chad Henney's gonna lead us and and uh, and all that kind of stuff. And so the world's scary without Patrick Mahomes. You know, it's it's like breathing with no air. It's it's not right. a good place I want to be. Right. And uh, you know the the Madden curse got Antonio Brown Oof, last yeah. year. Sure did. And then it cursed him even more by sending him to Oakland. So uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not yeah. done cursing him yet. But yeah. uh, you know, we'll see how it turns out in Oakland. But uh, you know, I, I just uh, it, it was uh, quite a thing to. You know, when 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 he got the Madden cover, 
and everyone talking about, well, he's, he's cursed now. He's going to regress. And like you said, the guy threw for 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. What are we talking about regression here? Because it's going to be very difficult to do that again. Yeah. You know, I mean, 5,000 yards, he might pull that off. But 50 touchdowns, that would be a miracle if he did it back-to-back 50 touchdown seasons. He'd definitely be the first one to pull that off. He wouldn't. Yeah. You know, I mean, it would just be bananas if he pulled that off. And it's like regression would be him throwing for just as many touchdowns as interceptions. That would be regression yeah. uh, for Patrick Mahomes. Not throwing not throwing 50 in, in year one as the starter and then throwing 38 in year two. People would kill for 38 touchdown passes. That's exactly what I was uh, saying. In a, I mean, that's averaging two touchdown passes <laughs> a game. If you can yeah. do that, you're doing just fine. So, yeah. you know, instead last year he averaged three touchdown passes a game with uh, 50 uh, in a 16-game season. So, uh, it, it's it's a matter of of you know perspective if you're talking about regression because 50 touchdowns is going to be really really hard to pull off. Like everyone's talking about how the Bears might regress this year. It's like we won 12 games last year. It's not going to be that hard to regress from 12 games. It's, it's, exactly. it's a matter of of how we won those 12 games or how we lost the ones that we did lose because. Yeah. You know, even though we were twelve and four last year, the four games that we lost, we could have won all of them. So yep. it, it's just a matter of and how you end up looking uh, at it. So you know, maybe the Madden curse uh, is is real, or you know, maybe it might have something to say in how Mahomes' season goes. But as far as the regression and his statistics are concerned, he'd have to basically even out in stats, now, like twenty-eight touchdown passes, twenty-eight picks, or something like that, for me to see regression. Uh, out of him yeah no i agree man and 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 that's why i said everybody too was like oh he's gonna regress i'm like well hell yeah he's gonna regress i was like <laughs> i was like here's a stat line for you guys i was like 40 touchdowns four thousand yards it's gonna be a horrible year for patrick mahomes i was like it's gonna be rough guys yeah and and, like, and that's what i truly believe but then the other thing is like why can't he throw for 50 touchdowns and in, in five thousand yards i mean his offense isn't changing i mean right tyree hill we don't we are the the jury's still out on him. I mean, we don't know if he's gonna be playing. Uh, I'm saying he is. So he got me on record saying Tyreek Hill will be there. So uh, so we got Tyreek Hill. I mean, he's not changing. We got Mecole Harmon coming in. I mean, the only person we really lost on our offense is yeah, Kareem Hunt. But we we were able to mitigate that issue last year. And then we lost Chris Conley. Which I mean, Chris Conley was a, a pretty he's an all right receiver. But in in terms of real game game breakers, like I would not consider Chris Conley a game breaker. So I mean, as far as our offense is concerned, we still got Travis Kelsey. I mean, the best the best tight end in the league. I mean, people say George Kittle, but they're liars. But um, <laughs> so we got Kelsey. We, I mean, our offense is there. I mean, I don't. And you know, Patrick Mahomes is gonna get. He's just gonna get better. So I don't see why he. He it, it's it's out of the it's out of question. But so I mean, we'll see. But yeah, there's definitely some regression. Right, and you know the funny thing is, like we've been saying here, the Mahomes could see a twenty percent reduction in each of his stats and still make the Pro Bowl next year. He could be the MVP still. Like. Yeah, forty <laughs> touchdowns and four thousand yards; those are MVP numbers. So yeah, yeah, it would it would not be uh, wouldn't be that awful. But um, so we look ahead at, at the twenty nineteen uh, season, and uh, real quick as we dip into the schedule here, after a relatively quiet month of September, you got the Jags. You got three out of four games on the road to mm-hmm. start the year. You're at Jacksonville, at Oakland. Home for the Ravens week three. That's your first home game. And then at the Lions week four. And then after that, three out of the next four games are on national TV. You got Sunday night football against the Colts. 
home for the Texans, so another playoff team at Denver for Thursday night, so a quick turnaround after that game with uh, Houston, and then Sunday night football the following week after uh, the mini-buy, if you will, a 10-day break between the Broncos and hosting the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night football. So you got a relatively quiet start, even though most of it is on the road, then three out of four at home, but three out of four on national television. So, I mean, putting the spotlight on the Chiefs to see how they're going to finish up uh, that first half of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean looking at the schedule, I mean, the big ones I got circled personally are going to be the, you know, week one just because I, w- I want to see if my Chiefs are the Chiefs still. I mean, that guy, you still got to know if Patrick Mahomes still has it. But then you got Oakland. You know, I'm not too worried about them, honestly. I think they're going to be – they're better than they were last year. But, man, I'm telling you right now, Baltimore, is that's the big one. I don't – Lamar Jackson, that guy is no joke. After that Ravens game – and we should have lost that game. I mean, Probably, if you go back and yeah. if you go watch it, we should have lost. Uh, Lamar Jackson is no joke. I don't think he's going to regress going into 2019. I think he's just going to get better. So I, I'm circling that one. Detroit, I, I don't know what, what you get with Detroit. They're either Matt Stafford slinging it. Go throwing for 300 yards or Matt Stafford throwing to Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, going back for six. Pretty much. Um, Colts, I mean, it's going to be a rematch of that uh, the, 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 the divisional, divisional game. Yeah. And uh, so I don't think we'll have – I mean, I think it's going to be a good one. It's going to be an arrowhead. It's going to be loud. It's going to be October, so the weather's going to be nice still. Um, fans will come out and show their support. And it's, so that'll be a good one. But then Houston, man, it's another one I got circled because – uh, Deshaun Watson, he's he's good, and that Houston defense is not exactly bad. Uh, that that front seven with uh, you got JJ Watt and then you got Javion Clowney, like those guys are not bad at all. So we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, then then we got Green Bay. Um, I mean, I don't, I know I know how you feel about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I know he's not your uh, they're not your favorite team, but I mean, Aaron Rodgers is he's always in that that goat conversation. Uh, I don't always agree with the whole goat concept because I don't. He's not especially as of late he hasn't really done much to break his collarbone um right and so uh we'll we'll see but i mean patrick mahomes versus uh aaron Rodgers should be an exciting one because a lot of people compare um patrick mahomes with aaron Rodgers as far as like his arm talent is concerned sure sure and then um you got uh you got a week 12 bye so you're home from minnesota at tennessee and then at the chargers on monday night football before a week 12 bye was that the same as last year week 12 or uh yeah I think so but that uh mm-hmm. that Los Angeles game's actually not in Los Angeles it's in uh, Mexico City they're right. gonna try it again right they're gonna give it another shot yep uh then after the bye you're home for the Raiders at the Patriots yeah it's always uh, after de- Patriots. December and it's a it's not a Sunday night game it's uh probably the one of those late afternoon everyone gets it games then home for the Broncos and then finally. Week 16 at Chicago, Sunday night football. Mm-hmm. Could be a Super Bowl preview that late in the year. It'll Indeed. probably be an important game for both teams considering, you know, they, they might be playing for seeding and all that kind of stuff. I mean, where it's an outer conference game, so head-to-head really won't factor into anything. But, you know, we might need a win to close out the division. You might need a win to stay in the number one seed, that kind of thing. It's on Sunday night football. And weather won't be a factor because it's cold in Kansas City in December, too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's basically going to be two teams straight up playing each other on Sunday Night Football. And uh, whoever wins is, you know, probably the obviously the better team uh, in that uh, in that matchup. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of I haven't seen a lot of the uh, Sunday fo- Sunday night football matchups uh, this year, but that one for sure is one of the ones I'm definitely looking forward to watching. Not just because it's the the Chiefs, but the the Bears are obviously they're like a historic franchise. And but Mitch Trubisky, man, I watched him watched him last year, and um, he's he ain't bad. He ain't bad at all. He's a uh, he's definitely surprised me. I know when he came out of the draft at, at first, I had a lot of questions about Mr. Trubisky coming out of North Carolina, um, but he's uh, he made me shut my mouth real fast um, playing up yeah. there. Um, he he holds his own against Aaron Rodgers and you know and, the, and those guys up there. So I'm really looking forward to that matchup, especially and like you said, it's it's gonna be Christmas time, uh, so it's gonna be cold everywhere and. Uh, the Patrick Mahomes versus Mitch Trubisky should be a hopefully one we get to see for years to come. I mean, yeah. we won't get to watch it a lot, but uh, if we can get a super, if that can be a Super Bowl, I would not be mad at that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Well, you have given Mitch more respect than most people uh, at this point. I mean, if you, depending on who you talk to, um, it, it runs the spectrum. Uh, yeah, and it, you don't really even have to be pro Chicago to say that you know Trubisky. He's got talent. He's got potential. He's going to be a great quarterback. Or if you're Jason Lockenfora uh, from CBS Sports, <laughs> Trubisky is a bum, doesn't belong uh, in the NFL. Uh, yeah. He's just a disaster waiting to happen, and the Bears are hype, uh, you know, ripe for regression. And Trubisky's going to be the reason why the oh, Bears wow. uh, regress uh, and things like that. Uh, the thing that I feel good about Lockenfora's prediction is that he hasn't gotten one right since Jesus <laughs> was a fetus. I mean. I don't understand how you can be an insider and and be the in the spot that he's in and be wrong as much as this guy yeah. is. I mean, it's it's remarkable. And for whatever reason, the guy's got a hard on for the Bears. I don't know what it is that his problem is with Chicago, but if if it's if it's anything he's saying about the Bears, it's all about negativity and, you know, I don't know what it is. Like maybe, you know, maybe he was a friend of John Fox or something like Mm -hmm. that. The Bears sent him (laughs) packing, so screw Chicago uh, from now on. Screw Ryan Pace or, you know, whatever. I don't know. Whatever the deal is, he's got got it out for the Bears that that the Bears can't do anything right uh, in this guy's eyes, and he can't wait. He's one of those. He's going to be I told you so if the Bears uh, falter in 2019. He'll be the guy front and center that's telling the world, I told you. The Bears were, you know, a figment of your imagination. 2018 was a fluke. Lock and four will be the guy front and center that says, I told you that it was all just a mirage. The Bears are not for real. So, um, but when it comes to Trubisky, those are, and the, those are the extremes. They're, he's either getting props, he's either getting, you know, crapped on, or there's someone in the, you know, most people are kind of in the middle where they're not sure yet. Because mm-hmm. he had that rookie year with we had no talent around him, nobody calling. You know, we had an idiot for an offensive coordinator. Then last year in 2018, he had his ups and downs. You know, he had his yeah. breaks. I call 2018 his actual rookie season, just yeah. because learning the new offense, he had a bunch of new players that were brought in, learning this new system uh, and everything. So we'll see how it goes. It really does kind of hinge on him. Uh, this year as to how successful the team can be because we know the defense is going to be fine we know that he's got the tools around him and what those tools are able to do will will depend on how he's uh delivering the football uh to him so i'm looking forward to seeing how that's all going to plan out uh pan out for the for the bears so i'm I'm looking forward for you guys too i mean matt Nagy, when you guys took i was i was super pissed 
<laughs> if you guys got Matt Nagy, because I mean, I mean, as far as like the the evolution of the the Chiefs and Alex Smith and stuff, like Matt Nagy, like he was at the forefront of all that. So yeah. I was like, oh man, Matt Nagy's the best. Made Alex Smith who he is uh, pre leg break, but uh, but I mean, yeah, I know, when you guys got him, I was happy for you. And then yeah, so you're going year number two under Matt Nagy. Uh, I mean, even Matt Nagy saying he's like, yeah, you know, Trubisky's going in basically year two with us, and so I mean, he's he's gonna look good. I mean, Matt Nagy has all the the crazy plays and you guys have the you guys have the talent now so yeah. i mean as far as your offense is concerned i mean it's amazing. i want to be i want to be worried would not be worried at all yeah i mean and here's the thing about when we hired Nagy. you might have been pissed so was i i like who the, <laughs> who the hell is matt Nagy? i don't i mean out of the like the six candidates the yeah. bears had had interviewed he was number 6 on my list it's like and on top of it all we were the first team to make a hire so we hired like we just could not could not live without this guy and i was like this this guy he's got half a season under his belt as a coordinator we're making him the head coach this is bananas just because he's everything john fox wasn't and (laughs) then he had his introductory press conference was like i like this guy i like him you know is he a good coach i don't know we'll wait and see and then slowly but surely through the year you know we're seeing the the imagination on offense you can't see us coming from a mile away like you could in 2017 and then the other thing that i did not factor on even for a second was the effect that he himself was going to have on the team like how infectious he was going to bring this culture change that he was going to bring with him how the team was all in on that culture change and it just it was night and day from fox to naggy in like i said naggy was everything that john fox wasn't the 2018 Bears were everything that the 2017 uh, Bears weren't. I mean, yeah. we were explosive. We were dangerous on the defensive side. You know, we're imaginative. You know, it was just – it was a – and competitive. That was the thing. Mm-hmm. We were competitive. And, yeah. you know, like I said, we're 12-4. and four, And in those four games, if we played them again, I have no doubt the Bears could have won all four of them. Oh, you yeah. Know, they could have won every single one of the games that we lost. In 2017, we were happy we won the games that we won because if we had to run those back, there's no way we beat those teams again. <laughs> That's the difference between those two teams. You know, there's no faith that if we had to run it back with the Panthers, there's no way we beat Carolina uh, a yeah. second time and, and so on and so forth yeah. with the rest of our schedule uh, in 2017. So that is the thing. And, um, you know, the expectations for both teams – the Bears and the Chiefs is like in 2018, everybody was pretty much happy to get where we got. We obviously wanted to go further. Both teams felt that they were good enough to make it further than they got. But now, a year removed, they're expected to go back. That's a yeah. different level of expectation from from being happy and surprising people and, and, and getting to the point and, and just, we're happy we're here. We'll keep playing until it's done. But now... Now it's for real. The season will be a failure if we don't make the playoffs. Your team and mine, it will be an absolute failure if we're watching January football instead of playing it. Oh yeah, I I mean for I know for me especially if if uh, if the Chiefs if if somehow they go like a ten and a ten and six season, I think that'll be really hard for us to see. Just because I mean I mean you just we just went through the schedule real fast. Like there's a lot of winnable games there. Sure. If I I mean as a homer, you know I. 
I wouldn't be surprised to see us go 16-0, you know, 15-1, <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we're here in June, so it's easy to say. But, sure, sure. You know, but, uh, I, I mean, the Chiefs have that, that ability, though. If that defense steps up and, and if Patrick Mahomes keeps playing at that level, I mean, 15-1, you know, 14-2, those aren't crazy things to think about. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, since June, I mean, we don't know who's going to get hurt because, God forbid, someone's going to get hurt. Right. And uh, so we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, for the Bears and the Chiefs, like if if we're not in the AFC-NFC championship game or even the Super Bowl, like it's like, what are we doing here? Like uh, right. is it rebuilding? Is it rebuilding Absolutely. year already? Like, yeah. Yeah. Do we need to just tear it all down and start over again? I mean, come on, seriously. But, you know, you're right, though. You're absolutely right. That is where both teams expect to be this year. Like the the conference championship game is the floor of where those teams expect to be when the season comes to when 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 2019 is all said and done. That is the worst that those teams expect to do uh, this year would be to have a, a, a say in who goes to the Super Bowl in, instead of the early exit that the Bears had in the wild card game and the Chiefs just falling just short in the AFC uh, title game yeah. uh, last season. So so looking ahead to, to 2019, will this team go as far as Mahomes takes him or is it up to the defense to do their part to carry the Chiefs where they want to go? Yeah, so I, I mean, I mean, I think it's going to be Mahomes. I think Mah- it's, it's not as far as Mahomes wants to take them. I think it's I think this this whole team's gonna live and breathe on Mahomes. I like. I think there's no reason to think it's gonna be any different. I think he's gonna. If we're gonna win, we're gonna win with Mahomes. If we're gonna lose, we're gonna lose with them. I think our defense is gonna step up. Um, I mean, yeah, maybe I'll be surprised and the defense will win some games for us. But uh, I think this this is Mahomes' team. Like this isn't this is this is Mahomes' team. We're gonna win with them. We're gonna lose them. And but I think we're still gonna have to score a lot of points. But. Uh, I think going into year two with him, especially like they want to, they want to make him more efficient. I mean, he he had the splash plays, but when it comes down to his his actual efficiency, you know, moving the chains, uh, he can get chunks of forty like it's no one's business. But sometimes when it came down to just rolling out and just getting the ten yard play, he kind of he he didn't struggle on it. He didn't want it. He's like, yeah, forget that. I'm going for the touchdown. Right. You know. So and a lot of times that didn't end up in a touchdown. It ended up in an incomplete pass because our catcher our receiver is going to catch. Um, so I mean we'll see. I think that I think his efficiency is going to go up. So I think this yeah this this team rides with rides with Mahomes and we win or lose with him. Yeah, and that's just something that reeks of youth. Like that's something that he will grow out of as he as he progresses uh, in his career. Going for the going for the forty yard touchdown when the ten yard first down is right there uh, mm-hmm. in front of him. He want, like you said he wants to make the splash the splash play. He wants to be on uh, Sports Center. You know, he wants to make the top 10 uh, kind of thing, and, and he'll grow out of that. So, you know, I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. And and just one more thing just to tell you about Patrick Mahomes. Um, I put out a tweet during the season because there was a lot of hubbub about my man's dietary habits and the fact that uh, he puts ketchup on steak. Hey, and, man. And I posted on Twitter, and I actually think I put it on Facebook as well, that um, – I said, and I quote, Patrick Mahomes may not be my quarterback, but he and I understand each other. And it was a picture of a steak that I had at uh, Texas Roadhouse out here with, with you know, a beautiful steak, had a bunch of, you know, grilled onions over it, slathered in ketchup. I understand no. where Patrick no. Mahomes is coming from. I am a ketchup on the steak guy. So No. Yeah. 
Don't no, don't at me, bro. Don't no, at come me. On, man. It's, no, Patrick, yeah. That is delicious. I don't give a damn what anybody says. I am on board with Patrick Mahomes and ketchup on steak. Yeah, but it's funny you say that because, like, it's not just the ketchup. Like, if you follow him on social media, it's not just the ketchup. It's him chugging beers at Blues games. It's him <laughs> being at Treyarch at the Call of, at the Call of Duty headquarters playing Call of Duty. It's it's him like at the first Oakley NFL athlete. Like, it's him. All of his deals are like he's a bro. Like, like I yeah. could see I, I could be shotgunning beers at Patrick Mahomes right now, but you know, <laughs> but like, I'm not. You know, and so he's like, well, it's like he's really personable. Like he's he's achievable. Like he could be your friend, but obviously that's not how things work. You can't just be anyone's friend. Uh, I slide in his DMs. He doesn't answer me. So I mean, like, <laughs> it's just things like that. Like, but he is one of those guys that yeah, like his. His biggest controversy is is that controversy is that yeah he puts ketchup on his steak. Um, <laughs> all my friends are always like, "Yo, dude, these Chiefs are messing up, man. Is, is Mahomes is he next?" I was like, "Man, Patrick Mahomes hasn't cheated on a math test. Like, yeah. he's he's like the most wholesome dude I've like I've ever seen in, in a football player. He's like yeah. Philip Rivers, wholesome. He'll have like fourteen kids soon wearing bolo ties. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, have you seen his house? I mean, yeah. I saw like. Like he still like his mom lives with him in his house. He barely has any furniture in it because he's too busy studying tape on the iPad to care uh, about Mahomes? putting furniture in the house. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he just bought a house in Kansas City, and yeah, uh, yeah, and it's humongous. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's the it's a freaking mansion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there there was a there was a whole bunch. There's a horrible storm and floods, but and tornadoes a couple weeks back, and his girlfriend Brittany. Uh, she put it on Facebook, and there's tornadoes coming towards Kansas City, and there's Patrick Mahomes in his in his Chiefs sweatshirt, just sitting there with the iPad, reading, studying film. I'm like, that's my guy right there. Like, yeah. there he is. Yeah, yeah. man's yeah. got his priorities <laughs> yeah. straight. So, uh, so Greg, I look forward to to seeing what this matchup holds yeah. for us, and unfortunately, it's going to be six months before we get a, ta- oh a chance God. to talk again, because here we are in in early to mid June. And we're talking the end of December, week 16, uh, <laughs> when the Bears and the Chiefs finally play each other. Hopefully we'll still remember each other's names uh, in yeah. six months when we play uh, each other finally. But we look forward <laughs> to uh, to having you back uh, on oh, the yeah. show to uh, to preview that uh, matchup and uh, what we both anticipate will be uh, be high stakes and, and, and what, uh, what it holds for each team and, and their standing in their own conference. And also on bragging rights, the teacher versus the student uh, with Nagy and and, uh, and Reed uh, mm-hmm. in that matchup. So we look forward to having you back on at that point. Um, where else can we uh, can we catch you online and see your uh, your work and such? Yeah, so I'm on uh, uh, Arrowhead Addict. I post stuff up there every once in a while whenever I have a chance. Uh, I've been pretty busy with some of my work lately, um, but this is my this is my side hustle. So I mean it's. I'm not out there as much as some of the some people, but uh, um, yeah, Arrowhead Addict, go there, um, search for Greg Flakowski, and you can find all my information there and all my all my work. All right, Greg, thanks so much. Uh, hey, thank you uh, so for much. being on the show, man. Well, like I said, we look forward to to having you back, and uh, you know, stay safe out there. I know you're you're on your homeland, so you're you're good for now. But <laughs> yep. God forbid, if you are you deploying anytime soon? No, not anytime soon. Okay, I'll be good. here for a while. Yeah, that's good to hear. So hopefully, you'll still be on the home front. When we talk to you again, thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you for your service, and we'll talk to you again real soon, Greg. Thank you so much for having me on. You have a good night.
Remember, guys, promo code ACAA for $20 off your first ticket purchase at SeatGeek and Bears 100 to get your 50% deposit bonus at mybookie.ag. want to thank Greg Florkowski from Arrowhead Addict for being on the show with us. And it's going to be a long, long time before we get a chance to talk to him again. Here we are. Uh, as I'm recording this, it's June 13th. Um, it's another week before the official start of summer. And by the time we talk to him again around the Bears play, the Chiefs on the, the 22nd of December, we will be on the eve of the first official day of winter. So we're going to go through all of summer and the entirety of fall before we get a chance to talk to him again. And basically, all of our questions about the team will be answered by either team, actually, will be answered by the time that we get a chance to talk again. Will we be talking about this much ballyhooed and hyped matchup? Will it still be on Sunday Night Football? Will both teams have uh, you know fulfilled expectations so that game stays on Sunday night, or will it be flexed to noon or a 3 o'clock start uh, or something like that because one of the other teams isn't uh, where they were thought to be when the schedule came out uh, kind of thing. So... Will the Bears and the Chiefs have fulfilled the expectations and heading into division titles or playing for home field advantage and top seeds and and all of those things uh, uh, as they would have in, in, if they had a chance to meet in 2018 uh, during the regular season? So all of the questions that we have about our teams right here, right now with this discussion will more than likely have been answered by the time we talk to Greg six and a half months from now. So uh yeah, lots to uh, lots of ground to cover before we get to hang out with him again. But uh, I look forward to it. I had fun uh, talking to him. So that is it for the AFC West. We close the book on the uh, AFC West champs, and we open the book to a new chapter that is the NFC East. And we will be starting with the New York Giants, where my guest will be Kurt Mackison. I hope that I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, he'll be joining us from G-Men HQ, also on fansided.com. So we've kind of got this thing going with fansided uh, right now. They've been a great resource uh, for me this year. So uh, started off with a bunch of uh, locked-on guests, and now we've got uh, a couple of fansideds before we uh, before we move on. And because uh, we have fansided for G-Men HQ, and then Rigo's Rag is also fansided. That's where we're going to talk to our Redskins guests. But we go back to SB Nation for the Eagles with uh, Brandon Lee Gowton, and then we finish it off with uh, with a new uh, Armchair All-American podcast for the Cowboys and uh, to finish off the NFC East before we go to our old and trusted friends uh, from SB Nation to uh, close out the uh, NFC North with uh, Evan Western, uh, Jeremy Reisman, and Chris Gates. So, And then, of course, we finish with a locked-on guy and Lauren Cox with the Chicago Bears. So that is the road that we have to navigate between now and the end of the offseason. And um, we're, we're, we're plugging right along. So come back uh, next week for uh, myself and Kurt from G-Men HQ. We'll start the NFC East by previewing the Giants. And, and was he one of those Giants fans that was that their blood was boiling when they took Daniel Jones at number six overall. Was he a guy who wanted um, Haskins uh, from Ohio State to be the quarterback, and now they have to face him twice a year because he was drafted by the Redskins? How did that sit uh, with him 
and, and all the rest of that. Is he still a Eli believer? Uh, so on and so forth. Is he a fan of Pat Shermer and uh, everything that the Giants have done or haven't done in the last two seasons? So we'll talk to him about that and so much more. So be sure to come back for part one of the NFC East preview next week. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.